I would cry every single Sunday night. Every Sunday night, I would wake up crying hysterically because I knew the next day I had to wake up and go to work. Have you ever felt that kind of desperation, that kind of pain? I'm sure you probably have. Maybe not as it relates to work. Maybe you love what you do. Maybe you wake up every week excited. In fact, maybe the weekends are the ones that get you all depressed because you won't get to do what you do for work. But we have all, in one way or another, probably experienced this level of feeling stuck, feeling like there's no hope, that hopelessness, right? That comes with feeling like you have no control or no choice over what's going to happen next in your life. That feeling of desperation almost, of looking at your life and thinking, I should not still be here. And I felt that during the last few years when I was a teacher. This process, I started to feel so stuck. I started to feel such pain and such agony almost. Every time I thought about going to school, I literally felt my physical body getting sick. I literally started to feel like I was losing a bit of myself every time I stepped into that space. In fact, I would tell my husband, Hector, every Sunday, pretty much, this thing is killing me. This thing is killing me. I'm going to physically die if I have to keep going to work like this. It's killing me. It's destroying me. It's destroying my soul. It's destroying my sense of joy. It's just killing me from the inside out. And that's exactly how I felt. And if you've ever been in that position where you feel so stuck and you look around and you're like, I hate what I'm doing. I can't stand who I've become in this space. And I know there has to be something better. But at the same time, you have this pull and, and this just feeling of being stuck in that space because you have no clue how to get out of that space and still provide for your family or still feel like you're doing something productive or not fall into the other extreme of, okay, now I'm not doing this thing, but I don't know what to do. And so I'm depressed and locked up in my room all day and have no sense of purpose or meaning. There is a middle ground and there is a way to start moving towards a new positive life that is within your purpose, your passion, and your potential. But that also doesn't rely on you being or feeling like you are permanently or indefinitely stuck in that space where you don't belong anymore, where things don't align for you anymore where you feel like your energy and your passion and your drive are being just sucked out of you and where you feel like you can't move forward anymore. So if you've ever experienced this or if you're in a space right now where that is what you're, you're experiencing or, I mean, it doesn't have to be that extreme. If you are in a space of transition where you know there's something more, where you know things should and have to eventually shift, but you don't know where to get started or how to start moving forward, then this conversation we're going to have today on Sincerely Speaking is definitely for you. We're going to be talking about what it means to get stuck. How do we get to that space where we actually feel stuck? We're going to talk about why nobody is really stuck. And we're going to talk about very actionable, practical things we can start doing today to lessen that feeling of being stuck and start feeling more empowered and 
uh, clear on? How do we move forward so that we can step away from that feeling of being stuck and get closer and closer and closer to that feeling of living in our passion and our potential and in our purpose? Are you ready then for this conversation? It's going to be a powerful one. I invite you to shut off all distraction, grab something to write with because you will probably want to take some notes today and just focus on this conversation on if you're feeling stuck, here's your next move. You ready? Let's go. There is an obvious lack of leadership in the world. Nations without effective governments, businesses unable to adapt to crisis and change, schools where adults are afraid of children, and families that have lost their standing as the foundation of society. Is there any hope? What can anyone do to change this grim outlook? This is Sincerely Speaking, and here we will explore how self-leadership and the pillars of clarity, communication, connection, and competence can ignite the fire of change one spark at a time. I am Marcia Amaro, and I welcome you to this open conversation here in Sincerely Speaking. One of the things that I believe is very, very important whenever we start a deep conversation like the one we're going to have today is to get clear and get on the same page about what it is that we're talking about specifically, and also how does it come to be? Where does it come from? How do we get into the space where we actually are experiencing this sensation, this emotion, whatever you want to call it? So when it comes to being stuck, what I'm talking about is being in this space, not necessarily physically, although it could be, but being in this space where you feel like you have no options. When you get to the space where you are like, okay, I don't really like where I'm at. I believe there might be something else out there, but I can't really see it yet. I don't know what that next thing is. Or where you are in a space where you're like, okay, I really can't stay here, but I don't know that there's another option at all. I don't know that there's anything else. I know when I was teaching, I felt very stuck because I was the primary breadwinner in my family. My husband had a job, but I made more money than he did as a teacher, um, I knew that we didn't have savings for me to say, okay, I'm going to stop working for X amount of time. And in the meantime, I'll figure something else out. We have two kids. So I wanted to make sure that I could still provide for my kids. And I didn't see any other option that could immediately replace the income I was making as a teacher. So I started to feel stuck because my mind was going to the space where it felt like literally being trapped like i'm in this space where i don't i no longer it's not even about that i didn't enjoy it it was that i wasn't doing the job that i knew i could do see because before in my teaching career i had felt disillusioned or discouraged but i still found enough reasons and enough motivation in just my kids my students to keep moving forward and do the absolute best job that i could but i got to the space where and you might laugh when you hear this but this is the honest to goodness truth i got to a space where i was going to work in sweatpants and oversized t-shirts every single day i mean i did not look like a teacher i looked like a homeless person that had wandered in the school honest to goodness hand <laughs> to heart before god i tell you that's what i looked like no makeup i hardly did anything with my hair literally i would roll out of bed take a quick shower sweats t-shirt oversized t-shirt my husband's t-shirts <laughs> sneakers and off i went and it was devastating because i used to before that 
take at least some pride in my appearance and I always wore makeup, no makeup, nothing. I was just done. For the first time in my existence, <laughs> in my experience as a teacher, I was teaching from my desk sitting down, which is something that I was never able to do before. Like I could not just sit at my desk and lecture from my desk or do anything from my desk. And I literally found myself asking, what can I do to sit here at my desk do the bare minimum, speak maybe giving instructions at the beginning of the class, five, 10 minutes tops, and let them do the rest of the work while I sit here and just do whatever else I want to do other than teaching. That was my mindset and my train of thought, right? So you know you're stuck when you're looking for the path of least resistance so that you can survive where you're at. It's what I'm getting at. And we have we can experience this in many different areas, right? Like I'm going to use work and career as the reference point because I think it's the most identifiable one and the easiest one to give examples within. But it can happen in your relationships. It can happen in your um, pursuit of knowledge or understanding. It can happen in your faith. It can happen in your physical body, like the way you look, right? Like your um, health and so forth. So it can happen in any area of life. But the idea here is we're talking about stuck when we feel like we are out of options, but the one we're in doesn't feel good either. So we feel like we are trapped in this space where we want to break a wall. We feel almost claustrophobic in this space, but we don't see the exit. We can't find the knob to turn in order to move forward. And we feel like we're out of options. So that's what we're talking about when we're talking about feeling stuck. Now, how do we get there? Well, in my own experience and in working with my clients and with students and with families and with all the people that I've had the blessing and the opportunity to have conversations with, I find that there are three main sources for this feeling of being stuck. The first way we end up feeling stuck or in this feeling of having very few options or being completely dissatisfied with where we're at. And unfortunately, in this present day and age, it is so easy to fall into is comparison. So when we're in the space of looking at what they have, what they're doing, what their life is like, what they have accomplished, and we start looking at our life in comparison to theirs, and we start thinking, oh, wait, they have it, but I don't. Or look at how far they've gone and I haven't. Or look at what they've accomplished that I haven't accomplished. Anytime we're looking at them and trying to gauge or measure our level of achievement, success, or satisfaction based on what our life looks like when placed side by side with theirs, we're falling into comparison. And this is a sure way to end up feeling stuck because guess what? They are not you and you are not them. So there's no way you're ever going to be in the exact same place, space, and environment that they are because you are not them, right? So when we start this game of comparison, we are surely headed towards a feeling of being stuck because what that is going to do is it's going to take you to a space where you go, okay, I wish I had what they have, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. I mean, when you aspire to achieve what others have achieved it could be just inspiration and motivation but the problem arises when you're like oh but wait I don't have the talent they have or I don't have the resources they have or I don't look like they do or I don't have the support system that they have right and you start 
focusing more on what they have that you don't and how difficult it's going to be, if not impossible, for you to be in the same space and have the same things that they have, that's when comparison leads to you being stuck or feeling like you're stuck. And the biggest problem with that one is that most of the time our comparison is based on unrealistic measures. So we look at someone's feed on social media or we look at someone's or we overhear someone's conversation with someone else where they're trying to impress that someone else. Or we are looking at just the highlight reel of that person's life. And we assume that the whole of their life is composed of these things that we're seeing when in reality it might be very different or this might just be a glimpse at one aspect of their life but another aspect might be completely different and completely destroyed right so we are comparing our reality or what we perceive at the time to be our reality to the highlight reel that they're allowing us access to they're not letting us into their whole world very rarely do they show anything that they don't want you to see or that could be seen as quote-unquote failure or less than. So we are looking at what they want us to see and we are basing our entire sense of accomplishment and success on the highlight reels that we're seeing from other people. So when we start comparing, we are putting ourselves in a very precarious position where we will probably end up feeling stuck and unsatisfied, not because there's really anything wrong with our lives or because we couldn't achieve more if we focused on the right things, but because we are so bugged down by comparing ourselves, our realities to the highlight reels that somebody else is putting out there. So comparison is the first one. The second thing is unrealistic expectations. So this is when the should have could have and would have come in. So we look at our lives and we set this num these sets of expectations, right? We we put together this number of expectations based on God knows what, right? Sometimes based on what the people around us tell us, sometimes based on some notion that we created when we were younger about what success looks like, based on maybe even TV shows or interviews or books that we've read. And we tell ourselves and convince ourselves that there is a certain number of things or a certain level of things that we should achieve by a certain time in our lives. So when we get to the space where we look around and we're like, wait a minute, I am in my 40s. I should have a paid off home. I, my kids should be in college. I should be taking vacations and I should be set for the rest of my life and we're not, then that leads to us feeling stuck because it's like, okay, wait a minute, I'm a total failure. I don't know what to do. I've messed up the <laughs> first 40 something years of my life. What am I going to do with the next 40 something or whatever, however long I have left? And we start to feel stuck because we feel like we haven't accomplished enough or we're not where we quote unquote should be yet. But who determined those guidelines? Who decided that we have to do or be or have X, Y, or Z at a certain stage in our lives. Those are completely arbitrary notions and completely unfounded ideas that we have allowed to take hold of our brain and of our hearts and that lead us to feeling stuck because we have these expectations of ourselves, of our lives, of the way our, our environment is going to be, of how far along we're going to be, that are just, again, completely unfounded and arbitrary. 
and we make ourselves miserable because we think oh i should be or i should have or i should do when in reality there's no set measure other than the one you set for yourself and for example I didn't get married until I was 31 and I am Hispanic <laughs> and I don't know if you know what that means but that means that by 25 I felt like an old maid I was like okay I'm never gonna find someone I'm never gonna get married there's definitely something wrong with me I am just going to be this cat lady even though I'm allergic to cats and I don't like them and I'm gonna spend the rest of my life alone and I really felt miserable when I was in my late 20s because I hadn't found the one yet and I wasn't married yet who said I had to? I mean, yes, there was a cultural expectation and my mom definitely wanted me to be married by then, but there was no law that said that I had to be married by a certain time or that I had to be married at all. And I got married at 31. And sometimes I look at my life right now and I'm like, thank God that I didn't get married before 31 because I wouldn't have experienced this, that, or the other, or I, or I would have come into the marriage with this set of expectations or this set of behaviors that would have made my marriage miserable. So by getting married later in life, I had a different perspective that I brought in. And for me, it worked out perfectly. For you, it might not. I know plenty of people who don't want to get married at all fine, don't. <laughs> There's no law that says that you have to do X, Y, or Z by an, a certain amount of time, by a certain uh, age number, right? I had my first kid at 34, my last one at, at 33, 33, my last one at 37. No law that says I couldn't. And I didn't have any more because I didn't want to. I could have, right? I know plenty of people who are having kids in their 40s now. Know plenty of people who don't want kids, all of that is fine. There is no expectation other than the one you set for yourself. And that all starts with setting your own definition of success. And we will talk more about that in another episode. So the third reason why most of us end up feeling stuck and like we can't get out is this sense of powerlessness that takes over us. Now, by definition, if you feel powerless, like you have absolutely no way to exert your will onto the situation, or you feel like there's no way you can change what's going on around you, by definition, then you're stuck. Because remember, we said that stuck is when you feel like there are no options left, like there's nothing else that you can do. So feeling powerlessness is this sensation of the world happens to me or life happens to me. There's nothing I can do to change it. If this is the hand I was dealt, then I just have to deal with it. Now, what I have found, and please hear me out. So if you're doing something else, stop for a second, stop the distractions and pay attention. What I have found is that most of the time when we end up in this space where we feel powerless, it's because we are not assuming responsibility for the life that we have and the results that we're getting. Now, let's separate two concepts that we often confuse. Responsibility is not the same thing as blame, right? So I'm not talking about blaming yourself. But if you can get to a space where you assume responsibility for the whole of your life, for everything in your life, then you're going to see a shift happen that is completely unexpected when you first engage in this conversation of, am I responsible for everything that happens around me? Because the opposite of assuming responsibility is falling into victim space or thoughts. So if you're in victim, 
then what you're doing is you are allowing everything else around you to be the controlling forces that lead to whatever results you're experiencing and you're getting. So you start blaming your spouse, you start blaming the economy, you start blaming your kids, you start blaming the world, the universe, whatever you want to blame God for whatever is going on in your life. And then you end up in the space of all these other things have the ability to exert power over me and over what happens in my life, but I have no power to change it. I am powerless, right? I am in this space of victimhood where everybody in everything can um, decide or determine what my life gets to be instead of you being in a space of, I have the responsibility to whatever happens around me shape it and shift it in a way that adds to my life and the life of those around me as opposed to taking away from. And that's what responsibility is. It's looking at whatever the facts are around you. And I've talked in other episodes about fact versus story. And you've probably heard a lot of talk about that. But what are the facts? What is really going on? What is the factual information that is not colored or tainted by whatever my emotional state is or by me falling into the space of victimhood, right? So if there are $10 left in my bank account and there's no milk in the fridge, those are facts, right? But we are going to starve to death is a story. So there's $10 left in my bank account and there's no milk. I can buy the milk. Then I'm going to have three bucks left. So the next part is what can I do to make sure that the next time I need milk, I have at least 10 bucks in the bank account again. Make sense? So it's different from, oh, we're going to starve to death because I have 10 bucks left and I have to buy milk and then I'll have three and I won't have blah, 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 blah. That story. And I understand it's a difficult place to be in. Trust me, I've been there. But that doesn't mean that that's all there is. Look at the facts, step out of that space of everything is happening against me and think about other possibilities. And we'll talk more about how you move from one to the other in a minute. And I'm not trying to minimize the circumstances or the things that are happening. I know terrible things happen, but what makes them even more terrible or even more unbearable is when we allow ourselves to fall into the space of this thing is happening to me and there's nothing I can do about it, which is that space of powerlessness, which again leads to being stuck. So we are going to talk about three things in a minute that are going to help us elevate out of that space of feeling like we're not far enough ahead, of feeling like they have it, but we don't or we can't, and of feeling like everything has power over our lives except us, and move away from that so that we can start moving out of that space of being stuck and into a space of, okay, there are options. I am not stuck. There are things that I can do, right? And again, I'm going to give you three actionable things that you can start doing right now. And as with most things, there is a slight overlap, but pay attention because these distinctions are going to make a huge difference in your life. So the first thing that you get to do starting today is ask better questions ask better questions. Now think back with me for a minute to when you were in high school, maybe college, and you had a huge test or exam. Now you spent a lot of time studying and practicing and reviewing and making quizzes for yourself and practicing with a friend and all these things. And you knew the material backwards and forwards. You studied it, you knew it, you could get the answers to any question that you're asked. But then you sit in front of the test or the exam and there's this question that just makes no sense. 
you read and reread the question and you're thinking to yourself, wait a minute, I know I studied, I know the material, but this question just doesn't make any sense. If I try to answer it, it's either going to confuse me even more or it's going to be wrong anyway because the question just doesn't make any sense. Have you ever had that experience? I know even as a teacher, sometimes I looked at standardized testings that the kids had to take and I'd be like, okay, that question makes absolutely no sense. So what happens when you have a question that is not a powerful, appropriate question? Even if you have all the answers in front of you, you're going to end up even confused or with the wrong answer, right? So the same thing happens in our lives. Now, I talk a lot about self-talk and I am a big believer in working on your self-talk. And one of the main tools for effectively transforming your self-talk is asking yourself better questions. It's asking more empowering questions that lead to answers that can actually give you a positive result. And it all starts with one question that we seldom ask ourselves. And that question is, what do I really want? What do I really want? Now, the funny thing is, in working with myself and with all the clients and students and families that I've worked with over the years, thousands and thousands of people, very few people have a ready answer for what do you want. Now, they will give you a list of the things they don't want. I like, do the exercise right now. What do you want? Most people will go into, well, I know I don't want to be in debt and I don't want to rely on anybody else and I don't want this and I don't want that. That's not what I asked. I asked, what do you really want? Once you have that answer, then you'll be able to not just ask better questions, but to get better results. Because if you don't know where you're going, any route will do. Right? If you don't know where you're going, you can take any street, any byway, any highway, you'll eventually get somewhere and it won't matter because you didn't know where you wanted to go anywhere. You'll get somewhere. <laughs> but unless you know exactly where you want to go, even the best GPS on the planet cannot take you there. It's the same thing with your life overall. So if you're feeling stuck, chances are you haven't stopped to really think about what your final destination is and what you really want to do, what you really want, where you really want to go. So the very first question is, what do I really want? And accompany that with why do you want it? Why is that so important to you? Well, I really, really want to call my own shots in terms of my time and how much money I make. That was mine, right? So why? Because I want to be able to be with my kids, to take vacations when I want to, to not have to worry about money, right? And I went through, I want to be able to help people. I want to be able to help my church. I want to be able to do all these things that I couldn't do when I was stuck in a classroom, making close to minimum wage as a teacher. So what do you really want? Lay it all out. It might seem silly to you at first. But allow yourself to dream and to envision and to just hope for amazing things that you know are possible because you're dreaming them. If they were impossible, they wouldn't be in your mind. Trust me. So what do you really want? And once you know what you really want, the next best question is what can I start doing right now, today, this second, that is going to move me closer to what I really want? See, I want it true um, freedom and in time and location, right? So I wanted to be able to work when I wanted, where I wanted to work from, because I wanted to be able to be there with my kids. So one of the things that I knew is that if I wanted to do that, I had to master this whole online business thing. So the very first thing I did was go research 
how do you do business online? And I started finding all these things, but I started doing something. So what can you do right now, this second, as soon as you realize what it is that you want, that you really want, what can you start doing immediately that is going to start moving you in the right direction of achieving that dream, right? And then finally, the next question is who can help me? So once you know what you really want and you know what you can start doing right now, ask yourself, who can help me do this thing? I guarantee you there's someone in the world who knows how to do what you want to do. It might not be someone you know right now. It might be someone that you get to research more about, that you get to buy a course or a book from, that you get to hire as a mentor maybe. But I guarantee you there's someone out there who has done what you want to do, or at least close to it. You might have your own spin to it, and I know you do. But there's someone out there who has achieved something that can point you in the right direction of doing what you want to do. So who is that? Go find that out, right? So the first tool and the first thing we get to do to get out of stuck is to ask more powerful, better questions, starting with what do I really want? What can I do right now to start moving in that direction? And who can help me? And make sure that the person you find to help you has actually walked at least part of the journey that you want to walk. If you want to get out of debt, don't ask your friend that's in debt how to get out of debt. Make sense? Awesome. Now, the next thing is change your perspective. One of my favorite Disney animated films is this movie called Big Hero Sex. Big Hero Sex. Now, one of the reasons I absolutely love Big Hero 6 is because it has a lot of lessons that correlate and align with what I believe to be true in the world. And there's this moment in the movie, if you haven't watched it, go watch it. I'm not going to tell you everything that it's about. But there's this one moment in the movie where this boy genius is stuck and he can't figure out how to solve a problem. And his big brother, who is his encourager and his biggest cheerleader, his biggest fan, grabs him by the legs, flips him on his head and says, just look for a different angle, look for a different perspective. Now, I really wholeheartedly believe that the reason we get stuck or one of the reasons we get stuck is because we keep mulling over the same thought over and over and over. And our brain can only produce the same thought in different forms over and over unless we get to the point of changing and looking for a new perspective right? And looking for a new perspective can be very, very simple if we allow it to be. It can be as simple as getting up from our desk or wherever we're working, whatever we're doing, and going outside for a walk. It can be as simple as breathing differently, sitting up straight and allowing the air to really flow and being really deliberate about the way we're breathing and how we're doing that, right? It can be as simple as changing your posture, now think about, and I just want you to do this exercise for two seconds. Think about one of the saddest things that you have ever experienced or seen. It can be from a movie. It can be in real life. It can be anything. I mean, I don't want to depress you and I'm not going to leave you there, I promise. But close your eyes for a second and think about the saddest thing that you've ever seen or experienced. As you start thinking about that thing, if you really allow yourself to go there, you're going to notice that your body changes. You're going to notice that your shoulders drop. You're going to notice that your head leans forward. You're going to notice that your breathing becomes shallower. And you're going to notice some things that change in your physiology. But now stop, take a deep breath, and think about the most exciting, happiest moment you have ever experienced. Think about how you felt, how you walked. Think about the emotions that were running through your body. 
And I am willing to bet that if you took this seriously and if you're really doing the exercise, your body changed instantly the moment you started thinking about even what that memory could be. And as you're thinking about the positive memory, your shoulders go back and they get broader, broader. Your breathing becomes deeper and nicer. There's a smile on your face probably, right? Your head is up, your chin looks up. So all these changes happen in connection to the way that you are perceiving the experience and thinking about the emotion in the moment. So you can create that same sense by changing your posture. And if you don't believe me, go research Amy Cuddy and power poses. Go do some power poses. Change your physiology. If you want more energy, jump up and down for a couple of seconds. It doesn't matter if people think you're crazy. Go to the bathroom, lock yourself in there and jump for a couple of seconds, right? Just change your body and changing your body will operate in the way that you're perceiving everything around you. So change your perspective a little bit. If you're working on something that has you frustrated and flustered, put it aside for a minute, do something else, listen to some powerful music. Again, go for a walk, go outside, go eat something that is healthy or go drink some water. Don't pump yourself full of sugar. That's another conversation for a different time, but go do something that is going to allow you to see things from a slightly different angle. And it doesn't have to be going from I'm stuck and life sucks to, oh, I'm wonderful and everything is great. It doesn't have to be that big of a leap, but look for a different way of looking at whatever it is that you're working on or whatever it is that is ha that has you feeling stuck, right? So after you have asked yourself better questions and placed yourself in a position where you can see things from a different perspective, the third and final thing to do is to make new, firm, empowering decisions. Decisions. Now, I believe that all of life can be summed up in three letters, PDA, and it's not public displays of affection. It's perception, decisions, and actions. When you can change the way you perceive things, which is what we've been talking about, then you can change your decisions around whatever is going on and what you're going to do, which will change the actions that you take, and that ultimately will change the results that you're getting. Make sense? So perception, decision, and action. And this final step that I'm talking about today of making new powerful, empowering decisions, firm decisions, can seem like, oh, it's easier said than done. But hear me out for a minute. A decision is simply you can becoming convicted, right? Convincing yourself, you, that this is what is going to happen and not allowing any other possibility right? So decision and incision come from the same root. You're cutting away all other possibilities when you make a decision. So what decision can you make right now in the space of this process that is going to move you in a different direction, right? Now, a decision can start with deciding a different meaning for the experience that you're having. So this ties in a little bit with the first one, with the questions, right? But ask yourself, what else could this mean? Or and or ask yourself, how can this be working for me? How can this be something that is helpful in my life, right? So when you ask yourself, what else can this mean? Or how can this work for me? You're putting yourself in a space where you're looking for possibilities of positive things happening. So let's say that you are at a job that you absolutely hate, which was my situation, right? So what else can this mean? Well, it means that I've outgrown the space and that's a positive way to look at it. And it also means that if I am no longer satisfied here, then there must be other options out there, 
I just have to search for them. How can this work for me? Well, it works for me because if I was satisfied where I was at, if I didn't feel the sense of dissatisfaction, I wouldn't look for other options and I wouldn't be helping you today. I wouldn't be in this space. I wouldn't be doing this thing, right? So it's a matter of starting by making new decisions that will help you see your circumstance, the space, whatever it is that's going on, as a good, positive, powerful thing. So once you have that answer, and once you've made a decision about what this means that is good, that it's positive, that it's going to move you in the right direction, then the next thing is to figure out what am I going to do in the next two hours? Sorry, I was looking at my notes. <laughs> what am I going to do in the next two hours that is going to definitively move me in the direction of making this better? Now, notice I didn't say of fixing it. You're not looking to fix it. You're looking to just be in a space where you're no longer feeling stuck and where you see possibility moving forward. But if you leave any experience like this without a firm plan, your default is going to kick in and you're going to be back at stuck in no time flat. So for the next two hours, what can you do that is going to keep you moving forward in this new direction and that is going to cement and solidify that new decision in your life. So let's say that I feel like I'm stuck at work and I hate my job and I want out of it. And I made this new decision that what this means is that there has to be another possibility out there that is going to use my talents and my potential and lead me more towards my purpose, right? That's my new decision. That's what this means. It means that there has to be something better out there. So my two-hour plan could look something like this. Well, I am going to stop what I'm doing right now and I'm going to go outside for a 20-minute walk. If that's a possibility, it might not be. It wasn't when I was teaching, right? But I'm going to go outside for a 20-minute walk with powerful music playing in my ears. And while I'm walking with this powerful music, I'm going to start envisioning and looking at what my future might look like once I find these other possibilities. And I'm going to start dreaming. And dreaming is a good thing. I'm going to start dreaming about all the wonderful possibilities that are out there for me. Once I finish my 20-minute walk, I'm going to take some deep cleansing breaths and I'm going to sit at my desk and I'm going to get a clean sheet of paper and I'm going to write down everything that I envisioned. It doesn't matter what it looked like. I'm not going to censor it. I'm not going to worry about it. I'm just going to write it down and allow myself to dream. And I'm going to allow all the emotions of these new realities that I'm envisioning to come over me and to fill me and to allow me to be in a space of possibility for a minute. Now, once I'm done with that, then the next thing I'm going to do is I'm going to write down all the questions that I have related to moving forward in this thing. So what tools do I need? What in, Do I need any certifications? Do I need any training? What mentors can I find? Any questions that come up that might put me back in a state of feeling like it's not possible or feeling stuck. And then the last thing I'm going to do in these two hours is set a 20-minute timer, and I'm going to research where to start answering these questions that I came up with. And I'm going to make a new decision for the next two hours at the end of these two. Make sense? So it's not about having all the answers. You never will have all the answers. And if you're waiting to have it all figured out, you're going to be stuck forever. 
It's about understanding that you get to decide how you see whatever is going on around you. You get to ask yourself better questions and you get to start moving in the direction of whatever it is that you're envisioning as the exit. Along the way, you might pivot and change. Along the way, you might find better options and possibilities. Along the way, you might find that, hey, after all, where I was at is not that bad. And I get to stay there for a little bit longer, but now I get to stay there seeing it differently, understanding it differently, right? But you will definitely see that there are options and possibilities beyond just feeling like I'm stuck here and there's nothing I can do about it. Now, there's a reality behind all of this. You might have been in a space where you have tried a million things, where you have hired mentors, where you have tried all these strategies and all these things, and none of them have worked. You might have even tried something similar to the things I'm suggesting today, and you might have seen that you make a little progress and then you get stuck again, or you move forward a little bit, but you don't see any real results to talk about. And there's a reason for that, and none of it is your fault. So if you're sitting there thinking, there must be something wrong with me because everybody keeps telling me to do all these things, I try them and they don't work, it's not your fault. The problem is this. The problem is that most mentors and coaches out there are teaching you the strategies without helping you understand that none of it works unless you have something called self-leadership. Now, we all know and understand, at least at an intellectual level, that no team is going to be as effective as it can be if it doesn't have effective leadership, right? Well, you don't operate well unless you have effective leadership either. If you can't lead yourself in time, in space, in tasks, in opportunities, then you're going to find that you keep reverting back to old default habits and that you can try something new for a little bit, but you don't take it all the way through to the end. And it's not because you don't have what it takes. It's not because there's something wrong with you is because nobody has taken the time to teach you how to lead yourself towards the achievement and the accomplishment of those things that you are desiring to do. So here's my invitation. If any of what I said today sounds familiar, if you are ready to get out of stuck and move into achievement, if you are ready to figure out what this missing piece is that nobody's teaching out there, then I invite you to head on over to marciamaro.com where you have two possibilities. The first one is if you know that you are ready to start making changes today. If you know that what I have said makes total sense and you are ready to look for how to move forward, then you're going to see a button right at the top of the page to schedule a 30-minute path paving call. In that call, we are going to talk about where you're at, where you're feeling stuck, what's going on in your life, and you're going to leave those 30 minutes with a clear plan of action on how to start taking steps towards liberating yourself from that space of being stuck and towards achieving what you've always dreamt of achieving. So again, if you're ready to start moving forward, if you're ready to start seeing results, just go ahead, schedule the call, and we will talk, you and I, it won't be someone in my team or another, it will be me. So we will talk about what to do next and how to move forward. But if you're still on the fence, if you're still unsure, if you're still not convinced that self-leadership is the path to your next level, then I am going to invite you to, again, head on over to marciamara.com, scroll a little bit down the page, and you're going to see an invitation to a workshop that I will be hosting next week 
on how to go from stuck to achievement, how to move from feeling like nothing works to actually feeling like the world is at your fingertips and like you can reach any level of achievement that you've dreamt of achieving. And I know that's a tall order, I know that's a big promise, but if you attend that workshop, you will have the framework that you need in order to move forward toward the achievement of your dreams. So again, head on over to marciamorano.com and uh, just sign up either for the path paving call 30 minutes or for the workshop next week and i look forward to chatting with you soon until next time this has been marcia maro and this has been sincerely speaking thank you so much for spending this time with me bye-bye